Welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we have rare but vital conversations about Jesus. Hey everyone, welcome to the One Life Podcast. One Life is a startup church here in Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to build extended families of disciples that live on mission together. My name is Tiffany Ketchum, and here with me is my husband and co-host, co-host, <laughs> Tim Ketchum. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode number 39. This is going to be a continuation of episode 38. We were talking about Abraham in Genesis 15, and God had given a promise to Abraham, and Abraham was struggling to believe it because... The truth is, his circumstances were not leading in that direction. So God kindly reassures him by showing him the stars in the sky and telling him that this will be how many your offspring. And then in verse 6 of chapter 15, it says, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. And that's the phrase that we're really looking into on these two episodes. So we had jumped to Romans 1 and to talk about righteousness and just try to understand what does exactly does that mean. We're going to continue in Romans today with this conversation. So Tim, do you want to remind us of what righteousness is before we keep going? Yeah, it's it's one of those terms where it, it kind of forces you to ask another question to define it. But it basically means being in right relationship to some other standard or criteria. And so that's what makes it a little bit slippery is that in the story of Abraham, righteousness looked like trusting in a promise that God gave. Whereas when you get up to Moses, righteousness looks like obeying a law that God gave. And so by the time you get up to the New Testament, those two aspects are still being referenced, but something revolutionary happened with Jesus that totally changed the landscape and actually broadened the scope of what that criteria or standard is. Like we talked about in our last episode, we tend to define righteousness as like moral perfection or sinlessness, but what Paul does in a very interesting way is he says righteousness, you can't actually define righteousness unless you look towards Jesus. And it's not just that he was morally perfect, because he was. He's going to start anchoring righteousness in Jesus' new, glorified, resurrected humanity. In other words, Jesus in his fully complete state as a human being becomes the standard by which we assess whether something is righteous or not. Okay, so up until this point, the law is by and large the standard of what people are trying to live up to. Yes. But when Jesus comes, he blows way past that, and the standard is now us becoming everything that God created us to be. Yeah, I like the fact that you said kind of blows past that because, you know, later on in Romans, Paul's going to say, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
And this idea of falling short, you know, the, the imagery there is an arrow that's being shot towards a target. And not only does it not hit the bullseye, it doesn't even hit the target. It actually, you know, goes into the grass before it even, you know, makes it to the target. And, you know, Paul's kind of saying, hey, we're kind of like that arrow that we're aiming for a certain destination, but we actually don't make it. We actually fall down into the ground. And it's a, it's a metaphor that's kind of rich because the question is, well, what is the bullseye? And Paul says that the bullseye is the glory of God, the fullness of who God is. And when a human being fully participates in the glory of God and the fullness of who he is, Paul will later say, will later say in Romans 6 that it is the glory of the Father that raised Jesus from the dead. And so the, the thing that, G, that Paul's working out of here is that when a human being goes full on into the glory, it will end up in glorified, resurrected bodies. And Paul is going to say, hey, all of you who think that righteousness is just about obeying the law, you can obey the law all you want to, but you're still going to die. And when you die, it's like that arrow going into the ground. Your body's going to go into the ground just like that arrow goes towards the ground. And you're not actually going to arrive at the destination that God created us to arrive at. And this is why Jesus becomes the standard for righteousness, is because God actually wants to fix the problem that started all the way back with Adam and Eve. And the only way he can fix that is by bringing us into the full, into the fullness of what he created us to be. And so this completely reframes the conversation about sin and righteousness and the law. And it's one reason why Romans is so difficult to grab onto is because Paul is definitely changing the conversation. He's, he's moving the fence post, as it were. I think that's what it's talking about in Romans 4, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a great segue to get us into that passage because it's in that passage that Genesis fifteen six is quoted by Paul and it brings up this story of Abraham. I think before we jump in there, though, we should probably just kind of say that there's a certain argument that Paul is having and we are jumping into the middle of that argument. So just to kind of give a little quick summary is he's basically working against a group of Jewish people who are claiming that you can be righteous by obeying the law. You know, Paul is already moving in the direction. He hasn't actually linked righteousness with resurrection of Jesus yet in in the argument, but he's going to get there at the end of chapter 4. But he's going to kind of meet them where they are in their argument. And he's going to be like, well, what if I could show you an example of somebody who became righteous but still did not obey the law of Moses, that is. So we're just going to jump into Romans 4, and we're going to draw out some implications from about this term righteousness and the point that Paul is trying to make. So Romans 4, verse 1, he says, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? Okay, now one of the items that marked Jewish people off from other people was circumcision. 
And that, of course, can only happen to males. But it was kind of like a badge of honor that circumcision was given to Abraham in the covenant. And it was kind of a badge that people wore to say, we're not like those ungodly Gentiles over there. We're circumcised, and it's a part of the Abrahamic covenant. And so oftentimes Jewish people would bring Abraham up and this issue of circumcision to argue with Paul and say, well, you know, we're, we're, we're already righteous because we're circumcised and we're the, the seed of Abraham. And so Paul's kind of meeting them where they are, and he's going to say, well, there's actually a different approach and a different way of understanding the story of Abraham. So he goes on in verse 2, for if Abraham was justified... And there's that word righteous, the kaosune. Uh, if, so we'll, we'll just kind of reread this and say, For if Abraham was made righteous by works, that is something that he did, some obedience, some activity, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? And this is where he quotes Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So basically, Paul's saying, ding, 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 you keep bringing up Abraham, but this same story shows that someone can be considered or recognized as righteous. And minor detail here, the law of Moses didn't even exist at this time. And his righteousness is not coming from obeying a law. It's coming from trusting in a promise. He goes on to say in verse 4, Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. So the classic analogy here is, you know, I need, I need somebody to rake my yard. There's leaves everywhere. And... This kid comes from the neighborhood, comes knocking on the door, saying, hey, I'll rake your yard for $20. And it's like, okay. Uh, they rake the yard, and they come to me after they're done, and they say, where's my money? And so I give them $20. Well, that $20 is not a gift, right? It's not grace. It's actually they earned it because they did the work, and therefore they got the payment. So Paul's kind of saying, hey, there's one way of achieving and uh, getting access to righteousness, and that would be an approach where you try to work for it. Uh, Verse 5, he says, but to him who does not work. Now, that's that's kind of scandalous, right? It's like, you mean mean you're just going to give this kid $20 even though he didn't even rake your yard? (laughs) You know, it's like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Like, who wants to go out and start passing out $20 bills to kids at the supermarket, you know? But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies or makes righteous the ungodly, his faith is accounted or recognized as righteousness. Now... This is a pretty controversial thing for Paul to put out there because if you're a Jewish person, you're going to say, are you saying that we should not obey God? Are you saying we can be made righteous without responding to anything that God has said? 
And what Paul would say is, well, I'm just coming at you from Abraham. Abraham didn't have the law. All he had was a promise. And Abraham believed that promise, and it says that God recognized him or accounted him as being righteous. So really what Paul's doing in here is he's giving us a crack in the door. He's saying, if you can let me in through this example, I can show you how God makes people righteous today through their faith in God, not only raising Jesus from the dead, but your faith that he will raise you from the dead as well. You know, this may have been common for Jewish people in Paul's day to have this sort of frame of thinking. It's also a common train of thought for religious people now or people that go to church to feel like they need to earn or to work for their righteousness or their salvation or yeah it's true it's it's something that's kind of built into our flesh and whether you're christian or non-christian there's something in you that kind of wants to uh, boast about hey this is something that i did this is how i've you know contributed to this over here there it's very rare that you find someone who doesn't have that kind of inclination I, i do think there's some people out there who just really don't care they don't feel the need to like contribute Um, or make a claim that they've somehow are righteous. But, you know, instead of the law of Moses, it's sort of like, well, you know, the law of Christianity. So it could be, you know, studying your Bible or going to church or the fact that you don't do these particular sins that tend to be more focused on in some churches as opposed to other churches. And there, there is a tendency for us to kind of feel like And it can go, you know, different ways. For some people, that leads to like an arrogance and a pride where they feel like they're actually righteous people. And then there's other people who respond to that kind of framework differently, and it it tends to create more guilt and shame and woundedness. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And a lot of times it, you know, there's often like a, a prior wounding from the enemy where, you know, the term we would use is legalism. That legalism can make some people, you know, it's a coping mechanism. It can make some people very, uh, very arrogant and prideful, but others it, it can amplify the wounds that are already there. And the, the shocking thing that Paul puts in front of us here is that uh, we, we are not going to be made righteous by the things that we do. Later on in Romans, Paul will talk about that being our righteousness. But the thing that he talks about in verse 17 of Romans 1, which is what we hit on last week, he talks about a righteousness that comes from God. And in other words, it doesn't originate with us. It, it, it's not the things that we do that make ourselves righteous. It's actually God that makes us righteous. So he really gives us two options here. He gives us two pathways. One is you try to work for it. You try to earn it, and which is a a miserable experience because you're never going to feel completely right. There's always going to be tomorrow. There's always going to be the next day. And Paul kind of follows that train of thought, and he says, well, let's, let's just go ahead and 
you know, play that next day and then the next day out, he says, where does this train ultimately lead? It leads to death. And that's the ultimate form of being unrighteous. Uh, It's because being dead means that you're sort of like completely stopped the developmental process and things have come to a complete halt. And so the other path that he outlines here is instead of trying to earn it, and work for it, you actually place your trust in God to make you right. And that's not just about, you know, Him forgiving you of sins. It it does include that. It's not even just about Him empowering you to do what is right, because He will do that too. But Paul's going to stretch this out all the way up towards resurrection, Because later on in Romans, he's going to say the object of your faith is that God raised Jesus from the dead. The ultimate act of making things right, of fixing what is broken, making right what has gone wrong. And he stretches it out all the way to the end because if you can believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, then it's going to open up a doorway for God to do things in your life now. It, it opens up this pathway for him. It's, it's kind of like you hearing a rumor that a doctor cured someone of cancer. And if you actually believe that they cured that person from cancer and you have cancer, the, your faith in what that doctor did for that patient is going to lead you to go visit that doctor. And once you walk into his hospital or his room, his clinic, you've now entered into a place where new things can happen. But if you don't believe God raised Jesus from the dead, you probably won't give him much credit. You actually won't think that he can do something about the things in your life now if he can't deal with things in your life in the future. So they're, they're all entangled. It's all connected. Paul is saying the, the most life-giving path is going to be for us to trust that God can make us right. He can make us righteous, both in the here and now and in the future. And really, that's why Jesus is the only way to be made right, to live to the fullest, because he is the only one who has overcome death. And is still alive. Yeah, so it's kind of like in our analogy, he is the patient that God cured. He, he's walking around saying, hey, I had this problem just like you do, but God actually healed me. He raised me from the dead. And he can do the same thing for you. So, so Jesus is the one who's made it out of the sickness. He has been healed of cancer and he's been raised from the dead. So he himself has the solution in himself. It's literally in his humanity. It's in his body is actually what we're going after. Good conversation here. Let's end up the podcast here. Tim, is there anything else we need to touch on before we cap it off? Yeah, I guess by way of forecasting, uh, there is a term that shows up in Romans that uh, pretty often that is kind of a kind of like righteousness, but this term is pretty pivotal in how you understand a lot of verses in Romans, and that's the term accounted or credited 
or uh, some translations even translated as reckon. And so we're going to dig down into that term because that term will lead you in certain directions as well. And so we're going to we're going to tap into that because that that really gets into the how. Like how is it that we are made righteous or considered righteous by God? So let's end it up here. If you're enjoying the conversation and want to continue listening, please subscribe on your platform of choice and even go and rate us if you don't mind. That will be great. And if you have questions, um, go to our notes and we will put a link there to our podcast page where you can go and submit a comment or a question. Thank you for listening today and we will catch you next time. Oh,